Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Namaste, yogis. Thanks for tuning in to the Yoga Revealed podcast. This is Alec Vishal Rubin, and today we connect with yogi entrepreneur Yoshi Aono, director of the world-class yoga gathering, the Hanuman Festival in Boulder, Colorado. His dedication to the practice is reflected in the success of his business and in the transformational teachings brought by renowned yoga instructors. What's long-term for being in this body? Because we're not in it for that long. No, we're not. <laughs> Stay tuned as we dive into the light and shadow of creating a business in the yoga industry while staying tethered to the magic of the yoga practice in today's episode of Yoga Revealed with Yoshi Aono. I'm here with Yoshi Aono, and we're in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. And Yoshi is the director of Hanuman Festival, which is going into its sixth sixth year. That's amazing. Excited to get into that. So thank you so much, Yoshi, for inviting me into your beautiful house and for taking time out of your day to share your experience of... uh, yoga and how that's revealed such truth and wisdom in your life as you carry forward as a, an inspired yogi in the community. Thanks, Alec. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I'm glad to share anything I can. Nice, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, so, you know, we like to start out with a little synopsis of, of who Yoshi Ono is and, you know, where he came from, but perhaps pre-yoga, mm-hmm. during the start of yoga, and, and what brought you here today? I mean, I can go back and um, I can go back to a place where I first was introduced to yoga. Back in 1989, I was living out of a tent on the beach uh, in northern Kauai, a place called Secret Beach. It's a it's a community. It was a community of travelers, artists, and musicians. We all lived naked on the beach. I had my tent, and one morning, the women decided to do yoga, start doing yoga in front of my tent. And I rolled out of the tent that morning, and 
looked up and said, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and they turned around, they're like, we're doing yoga. I was like, what is yoga? You know, and they, they showed me and it was interesting. I, I really, I appreciated it. I, I was practicing on the beach in Hawaii um, and then I ended up uh, being in Maui living amongst a community of tantric practitioners. So this was back in 1989, um, and since then I, you know, I've, I've done so many different things, and the yoga practice was there or not there. Um, I it was just it was always it was part of something that I experienced, um, but I I realize now that it's it's really always been there, and not it doesn't have to necessarily be in the asana form. Um, there are a lot of parts of my life that I I used um, what I learned from my parents who were Buddhist uh, they're both Buddhist and they immigrated from Japan and um, I was in Boulder you know I've been here for 26 years and gone through my process and um, and have always appreciated the you know the self-reflective aspects of the practice mm. Nice. I think that's a really cool, one of, probably one of the coolest uh, introductions to yoga that I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> it was interesting, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, it was, what a trip. I mean, to see all these women practicing sun salutations in the late 80s and before it was categorized as this type of yoga or that type of yoga, it was just yoga. It's just yoga. Yeah. Hmm. Very cool. That's really neat. And from there, what... What brought you to Boulder? Like, how'd you get into Boulder, into the Boulder scene? Because you said you've been here for I've been here for, years. yeah, 26 years. And so after Hawaii, I, you know, I moved to Boulder to join a rock band and spent the first half of the 90s touring around the country and was part of the whole music machine. Yeah. Um, playing lead guitar for a band. What was the name of that band? It was called Acoustic Junction back in the 90s. And it was... It was wild. I mean, it was definitely, it was a high vibration type of band, um, very awake, conscious lyrics. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say the the part of being a touring musician was as, as conscious as could be um, back then. So I learned a lot. It was a rough lifestyle. Mm. Um, I, I have no regrets. Um, it was definitely fantastic experience for a guy in his 20s to be playing 10 months out of the year on the road yeah it was it was amazing so yeah I did that for a while I've always had music as part of my life and um, put on some music events I was went into uh, the finance world um, gained a lot of business experience um, so I have a lot of the creative and the Business side sides to my to my past past experiences, and um, I also spent a lot of time doing humanitarian work around the world, and went to God, I went to Africa, Haiti a few times, Cambodia. I was in Louisiana after Katrina. Um, do end up doing a lot of special projects out there in the world, and and that was a great precursor to putting on an event like Hanuman hmm. and uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 really interesting. You, what I find is what you do in life. Uh, when people do a lot of different things in their lives, so you always are able to gather those skill sets from what you've done previously to go into your next endeavor and do it with with that much more experience. And it's sort of part of being a an entrepreneur, mm. almost a serial entrepreneur. And it's it makes for fun, interesting times. It makes for really hard times. Um, business is is tough. It's you know there's a lot of different aspects of business that I love. A lot of different aspects of business where I'd rather be in a hammock playing my guitar. <laughs> Actually, most of the time I'd rather be in a hammock playing my guitar. <laughs> The, you know, through through the rock life, the the rock and roll life, the music life, and and kind of learning more and more about business itself. When did you find yourself to like experience the the bhakti of yoga and to dive into being like, this is? It seems that this is like what you've committed yourself to over the last five years. I'm sure more than that. Yeah. But even just through Hanuman festival which for our listeners who don't know is a world-class yoga festival that have some of the most recognized inspired and and um well well practiced yogis that are coming around into boulder to share their wisdom you know through that your 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 rock life your music life your your business life when did you find yourself to kind of dedicate yourself to the practice i think the you know it uh... For me, I, I always well, like, what is the practice? That that's the question, right? Cool. So, um, what I was finding is, I was in the financial world, and and it's great. You make a lot of money, but what else is there? You know, what? Wh- why are we here? What are like? Wh- what are we contributing to humanity? Mm. And what are you doing for your community? So. There was always a part of me that was wanting to do more, and I found that going to doing service work in Haiti, in Africa, and all these different places, and having these experiences that gave you a profound perspective on where how privileged most of us are that live in the U.S. are in this yoga practice we we have time to practice yoga we we're not in survival mode mm. we're in this mode of learning of we're in this mode of being in our spiritual practice how privileged are we to actually have that you know so a lot of what i was doing was seva work mm. before i was defining it as seva so that that's something that when you define the practice what is is the practice strictly an asana practice is it a meditation practice is it is it seva you know someone cannot in my eyes someone can be in the world of seva there's so many people that are out there in the world making a difference they might not do sun a's and sun b's every day but that's okay they're still in the practice so for me i you know i would say being introduced to yoga in 89 but then falling out of it uh, I don't know if I ever really fell out of it I guess Hmm. it's always been a part of my life in one form or another 
and Hanuman is just sort of an extension of all these different things that I that I've experienced in this life and to understand that there's we can have purpose while we're here and make a difference and contribute in some way to making this this existence better for all for ourselves um, there's a reason why we picked the name Hanuman for the festival I mean Hanuman is the ultimate devotee mm. he he's a He's devoted his existence to Sita Ram. To Ram is like, you know, he serves Ram. And to see and feel what what he's capable of, even though he doesn't know it, I mean, he had to have Jambavan by his side to, to remind him that he could do all this. And it's a perfect metaphor for how most people are in this life. Mm. You know, we can do so much, but we a lot of people might not understand the potential mm. so that I mean it's a long long winded answer but you know as far as the answer to your question goes I think the practice has always been there for me in one form or another um, so Hanuman is just an extension of, of my, all my experiences you know, six years ago was just when I was personally coming into Boulder. was not in the yoga experience myself. And through that, if we go back six years, how did Yoshi get involved with Hanuman? Where, where did that whole, where did that train start? That whole thing started, I, I had a, um, an old friend of mine, the, this woman Valerie, she, she approached me with this concept of, uh, a yoga festival and you know there's the concept seemed okay I, I, I was I was interested in it she knew my background um, and what I was capable of doing and uh, it, you know my personality I just I went into research mode to see if this was a viable business opportunity to make sure that like f for a lot of people what I see is you can go into things and be wide-eyed about it, but the reality is a lot different. You know, we, you have to you have to make things sustainable in order to put on events. Um, if you don't, you're just gonna you're just gonna burn out, and no one wants to get burnt out. Um, so. It was. It's been. A, it's been a journey. But Val and I put this event on first year. Um, after the first year, Val and I went our separate ways, and I continued to develop Hanuman Festival, even though, by all accounts and by all, you know, numbers and projections, it should have been put to bed, actually. Um, the there's a lot of when I look back at the early days of Hanuman Festival it was it's such an interesting thing because you, you think that okay I, I, I can make this work I, ha I have these projections I have the business acumen to make this happen but then the reality of of what it takes to do the event is, is a whole different thing and mm -hmm. And what I found 
over time over the past five years is the only way that this has been able to happen is to not give up and really be devoted to it just I guess like Hanuman mm-hmm. you know and to not give up on the process and to have a belief in that this can work but also to be realistic and understand that it you know it needs to be viable as a as a company so through I can't even tell you how many hours and hours worth of work we've made it to a place where we're going into our sixth year and it's it's thriving it's amazing yeah congratulations thank you yeah that's so that's a huge testament to the word dedication in its own and, and total bhakti and devotion you know it's, attending Hanuman for my first year this last year um, was just unbelievable I remember I took three classes a day for the entire weekend and man it was full love there's so much wisdom and you know hearing your talk at the gratitude dinner was it was incredible yeah you guys did a great job it's transformational you know the, these events are we, we believe in certain things we believe in the power of like-minded community you know I mean I, I've always believed in the the highest quality level of teaching and how transformational that can be so it just so happens that we're putting out a festival around it hmm so, you know, I, I notice throughout the years, you've always had, you know, some local um, instructors and then you've had a huge range of, I mean, Cali based from uh, New York based to just all over America, India, yeah. in, in India, all over the yeah. world. What goes into choosing your instructors year after year? I mean, that's that's a whole I mean, that could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> programming Hanuman Festival is yeah. I mean we I spend my my year I'll go travel and take classes with teachers and to look at overall programming and see how everything fits hmm. and to really try and bring in the broadest range of teachers for all the practitioners that come and to make sure that everyone all the teachers are vetted correctly to make sure that that they are all coming to Hanuman because they love Hanuman festival not because it's a paycheck hmm. you know i will for me it 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 is it's part of the whole vibration of the festival is to make sure that everyone involved is involved with it because they are devoted to furthering yoga furthering the education aspect furthering the transformational aspects um, to bring people together in an understanding where we are here to be in our bodies not outside of our bodies at a festival I love that you know I've been a big uh, you know supporter of transformational music festivals in their own from Lightning in a Bottle to Burning Man to Envision Music Festival Mm -hmm. and you know they're even at the light of you know consciousness that is at these festivals there is a light of almost delusion and and darkness but you know i think that's a part of our life because we're human beings and we have shadow and and you know our yoga could be to embrace the shadow and i found that at hanuman there was you know not a 
a hiding of the shadow, but a full embrace of inviting ourselves through instructors guiding, you know, the, these layers of consciousness and how we can dive deeper and deeper into our being and, and be with ourselves. And like, that's what I found was so tasteful and so potent through the festival. And, and yeah, it was, it was really amazing. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's intentional for us. We, we spend so much time making sure there's that we create a very safe and sacred container for all the practitioners that come and we understand the transformational process and it's not easy it's there's a lot of shadow there's a lot of there's a lot of this coming up against or come, coming up to your dark edges and that's where the transformation is. We all know that. And, and we're not going to go there unless we've, we are in a safe place. So there, there's a lot of discussion around that with the teachers. There's a lot of discussion around that with, with our team to make sure that we're providing that container. Um, there are no drugs on site. There's no alcohol on site. It's a very... It's a very clean environment. I mean, if you want to go have dinner, go have wine, whatnot, that's that's fine. We have an entire town of Boulder where you can go enjoy all those amenities, but the the site itself is very sacred. Incredibly. Yeah. You know, I, I imagine you as Yoshi, you've lived life and you've had some life where you've experienced challenge in its own. You know, I feel that if, we're not experiencing shadow perhaps we're not fully being open to you know the transformation of uh being human really yeah and you know through your own experience of shadow what do you feel has been like one of the biggest catalysts in your past to help you bring you into um, a state of entrepreneurial success you know I mean, you're talking about, you're asking me about shadow, like what? Perhaps shadow of business, shadow of self, self, shadow of partner, shadow of the yoga practice. How do you embrace that? How do you it, transform that? that? That's where the yoga practice really comes into play. I mean, yo yoga is such a great way of being, so we can embrace our shadows and and over time become okay with it and it's helped me so much over the years i mean what i find in at least in my experience is that i've had times in my life where i was very awake and very intent on on being you know as as open and as aware as possible and then then I've had times in my life where I've slipped away from that and yoga has helped me as a reminder of who I am and and for me to always get back to myself and to the purity of of spirit and understand that we're human we're we're in this human experience we're flawed where no one's perfect. Um, I'm blessed that that I can spend the time working on my 
shadows and and business itself running Hanuman Festival that that is a big thing to come up against my own shadows and understand why am I why do I react or do I react what it, like how do I react towards certain situations and and why did I do that what's what's the elevator shaft around that what are my triggers um, that's that's great work to do is trigger work to understand hey what is going on when I get triggered around something because it's not the other person Mm -mm. it's me and it's my what's what am I having to process and understand about myself so that I can move past that you know and it's great that's that's why yoga has been such a great presence for all these aspects of my life before before this podcast we were talking about you know there my partner has an 11 year old boy and to be in this space of of understanding a dynamic between myself and an 11 year old boy because I was 11 years old and I see what he's going through and to have compassion and then to not get triggered or maybe to get triggered but to understand that maybe that trigger is coming from my own experience when I was 11 years old so it's it's great work it's great fun like I sometimes I see it as fun hmm. like I'm looking at it, it's like wow I just learned something new about myself hmm. and that was pretty pretty dark stuff hmm. but you know what it's okay because I'm supported by by my beloved I'm supported by myself and I'm okay hmm. around it so I'll, I'll tell you one thing I, you know the yoga practice has helped me with a lot of that and the yoga practice you know aside from asana yeah. you know where have you found such deep internal insight for you to grow through other than asana, you know, through meditation, through pranayama, but like perhaps what what have been the bigger shifts of, of experience in your yoga practice, either from a certain teacher in a certain time in your life when you're studying? What what did that shift look like outside of asana? I think shifts that I, I've experienced in my life have been when when I was when I was off track in my life when I was when I was veering away from my from who I really am in spirit in soul um and and when things come when when I understand that like I'm not I, I need to be you know more aware of of my impact so that that's that to me is a, is a big deal to always keep me on track, you know. Because we all have egos, we all we're all here, and we're all trying to do good work. But the ego comes into play, and once once we have an understanding of where our shadows are, what our what our triggers are, and how we can move past that, then then we can come into a, a place of relating with each other in a way that is is very positive 
and very pure. So mm-hmm. I, I think for me, the profound impact with yoga is, is just is always a rem- reminder. It's a remembrance. It's mm, a beautiful nugget. Yeah. Good nugget of wisdom there. Yeah. Thanks. You know, as, as you had said earlier, you have such an experience in business and in and, and taking business and, and making it whole, making it, you know, pure in the light of how you're keeping your practice of yoga tethered in to business. What does that look like for you as, as a businessman who is a director of an incredible yoga festival? How do you stay tethered to the purity of practice at the same time while making a viable you know, business plan and um, still showing up for people as, uh, as practitioners in that way? I, I think something to, to think about in the yoga world I, you know, and are amongst a lot of people that that I come into contact with, especially teachers. I mean, I think there needs to be a positive relationship with money. Um, it's okay to make money. It's okay to be profitable. Um, these are things that, if if you have a very positive relationship with money, I'm not saying that I have had one my whole life, of course, but if you could look at, hey we're providing something that's extremely valuable for people. It's okay if we make money. I am not going to shy away from being profitable on this because we have staff members to, you know, we want them to be sustainable. You know, I want to be able to, you know, live this life fully and to, to contribute in whatever way possible. Um, so as far as looking at the business aspect of, of the practice, I feel, I feel that a number one, you have to have a positive relationship with money. Um, B, you always have to go into business and look at what you're doing. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing what you do? Um, what are the underlying intentions behind it? Are you solving a problem? Are you contributing something to to humanity? Are you are you taking away or are you contributing? Hmm. So those are things to look at. And some people, you know, some people are meant to be in business. Some people are meant to not be in business. Um, what I found for myself that works is to make sure that we have lots of organization, lots of systems that are in place. I want to make sure that things are smooth running because that's less brain damage on myself and our staff. Hmm. You know, it takes a lot of effort to be in business, but the, the rewards of being in business are, are, are immense. And as long as you go in understanding that we are all human, things aren't going to be perfect, to not beat yourself up over it, and to also understand that you got you to gotta be devoted to it. I know that a few of my friends are on your team. Mm-hmm. You have a, correct me if I'm wrong, a small team. 
Yeah, it's a small team. Yeah. yeah. You guys put on a, an amazing event. I mean, you have, what, eight people on your team? Yeah, it's about eight, an eight-person per- staff. That's and, amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's efficient. It's very efficient, and it's very system-oriented. And I mean, you know a lot of these people on the team. They're very, a lot of uber-organized people. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's that's been something that's intentional with, you know, as a business owner, you you really have to surround yourself with great people. Mm. People that are in it for the right reasons. Mm. I think that that whole, the few nuggets you provided is a great takeaway for our listeners who are yoga instructors or business owners that wish to, you know, make way in this industry and to not drown you know to to be sustained to be financially stable while being inspired which i feel is you know not easy to come by in this practice it's not you know teaching 18 classes a week is exhausting (laughs) it's it's not sustainable (laughs) right yeah you're you're just you're not going to practice you're not going to have your own practice you're you're going to become bitter party of one it's there's there's so much discussion around it. I was just at a meeting with mm-hmm. a local um, community organization that they're trying to put together their program for yoga and uh, create something that's sustainable for their teachers. And and what I what I noticed with a lot of the teachers in not just in Boulder or Denver or, you know, when I see the other communities around the country is, um, you know, there there's a certain type of yoga that might be popular at any certain time and everyone's doing it, everyone's teaching it. Uh, so that's great and all, but I, I'm always really into the teachers that find something amongst the practice that they absolutely love, some niche that's just so juicy for them mm-hmm. and then to learn it and study it so intently for years however however long it might take to really hone that craft and then to teach that and there's other there's going to be other people that are wanting that kind of information and to learn that as well you might not have these huge classes, but what you'll have is is something that you're you're providing something that's very transformational and profound for for people. Albeit it might be a smaller population, that's okay though. You're you're provi- you're providing something that's very very juicy, and you can build upon that. So that's what I've seen is you don't have to be the most popular teacher you just have to be smart about what you teach I love that yeah you know when I was writing my thesis back in December one of my biggest quotes that I loved was from Krishnamacharya and he said when you learn something really well the way you teach it will not be the same way that you learned it yeah and and I think that's that's awesome you know who, who have been in, in response to that who have been some of your um, inspired teachers that you know you've looked up to in that way well I, we share the same teacher I mean Richard Freeman and Mary Taylor are two inspiring figures in our lives um, 
just as role models and the amount of knowledge that I, I've been able to you know learn e even though we're just t touching the tip of the iceberg yeah it's incredible but the, they have been such a guiding light um, for me and then I have friends who um, I would have to say like my friend Saul David Ray is he's a uh, you know he's an inspiration to me because he, he does live live it I mean he's human he he has to deal with his things um, the reality of being human but he he still maintains and he's he's a great great friend and a soul brother and um, yeah and then I'm inspired by others who who are not necessarily yoga teachers you know I mean someone like Bono from U2 right I mean I think I can't even remember maybe 12 years ago 15 years ago I remember seeing a U2 show and him just saying to the crowd do something go out there and just make a difference whatever it may be just go out there and make a difference and just even some small quote like that made a difference in my life it it shifted something hmm. I got the chills that yeah it's great it's great you know so I mean I find I find inspiration from so many from from Josh the 11 year old you know my beloved Dana's 11 year old he's inspiring to me because man I am learning so much from him and that's great I love that I love that you know I am inspired by all different types and I, in, in kind of response to the, the 11 year old I was having breakfast this morning and there's just little children running all around in the diner and I'm just like man to live a life of such innocence again mm -hmm. <laughs> like that is a great way to approach yoga practice at some point in time you know sometimes we step onto the asana mat and it's like I have to get this new posture I have to be rigid I have to be in my breath like I'm crinkling my forehead and yeah. I have to be here you know it, it's something that I think is forgotten all too easily is our, our innocence yeah, because that's when you get injured, right? That's yeah. when the ego comes in. Yeah, so what is the innocence around all of it? I mean, I, I, I love the yoga practice. I love I love asana. I mean, it's it's great. It, it's just, I think it's, it feels like everything else in this life. The, the practice of yoga just is life. I don't feel like I'm only, like, for me to practice yoga, it does not have to be on a mat. And when someone goes, did you practice yoga today? That's an that's a really interesting question when you think about about it because you can answer in a way of, like, what are you talking, are you talking about the asana? Did, did I practice, you know? So I'm just, I'm always curious. I don't have... I don't have any answers, really. I just, I just observe and I try to learn as much as I can. I don't. I'm not a. People always ask me if I'm a. You know, if I teach classes, I don't teach classes. I, I actually, I love being a student. 
I have so many friends that are yoga teachers. <laughs> so many friends. So many <laughs> friends. And it's great. I love them. They're such <laughs> amazing beings. But let them teach. Yeah. You know? Have uh, you ever taught? I have. I have. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But the reality is, the, you know, the reality of being in this moment in my life is I devote my life to Hanuman, mm. to Hanuman Festival, mm. to Hanuman Adventures, to Hanuman Presents, to to community, to figuring out how we can bring community together. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole nother conversation of course but it's not as easy as you think I I observe all these different studios but you know for us we want to go past all the walls and just be in community and to understand that there's a larger global community that we all live in and that we are connected we're completely connected and it's actually a beautiful thing. Hmm. Wow. Very cool. Tell us uh, about Hanuman Adventures. What is Hanuman Adventures all about? Hanuman Adventures is cool. <laughs> I, I, I think it's great because we we're, we're taking the traditional yoga retreat but for us we want to go deeper and I'm doing this with my beloved Dana, who is, she is, uh, she's in the priestess work, and she, she's an extremely wonderful spiritual being, and her thoughts around this were sacred sites. There are so many beautiful sacred sites around this planet, and what if we created Hanuman Adventures, where we go to sacred sites around the world we have a traditional yoga type of retreat where you stay in these great places you eat great food you you study you practice but beyond that we we go into local communities and we we do service work we we actually engage with local communities and and have a taste of culture instead of being isolated in in your in your beautiful retreat center in a sacred land mm-hmm. why not be part of the sacred land and to understand and get, gain perspective once again around how other people on this planet exist and to interact with them and to offer what we can in seva to help them um, so by integrating sacred sites service work into what we do we, we just we want to just have this as part of why we're doing Hanuman you know we believe that it's a profound trans- transformational experience to to gain perspective on how good we have it as say American yoga practitioners and to understand that that we are privileged and that we can make a difference out there in the world. So we have a trip to Bali in March working with disa- the disabled population. 
Um, we are going to Peru, the Sacred Valley in Peru in October 2016, working with a local orphanage. Um, we're, uh, the Peru trip with, is with a friend of mine, Juan Pablo Barahona, who's an amazing teacher. He's, he teaches shamanic yoga. Mm -hmm. So if anyone, I mean, he's someone that, he's a dear friend and he's really doing it out there. He's providing a safe, transformational, sacred experience. Yeah, you know, I, I had taken his class no, you did. at Hanuman, yeah, and it uh -huh. was, uh, the, the, for me, the biggest takeaway was, like, the yoga of sound. Yeah. And, like, how important it is to, to, to use sound in our practice to not only release, but to listen. Yeah, shamanic practices, right? It's, yeah, it's amazing. He's, he was one of those teachers that everyone was just just saying hey please please bring him back so mm. of course he's coming back yeah. he's a friend cool yeah so what what do you feel denotes an authentic and dedicated practitioner I mean you know once again like denoting or it's like labeling sure right and that was all labeling is always such a weird thing for me, even though we have to do it, we, we label things. We label cans, we label bottles, whatever, computers. Or, but uh, to denote an authentic, dedicated practitioner, I don't know if I have the answer to that, mm -hmm. really, because I, I feel that people are out there practicing yoga and they might not be going into a studio every day and practicing sun A, sun B. Mm -hmm. um, some people are, you know, they're in their meditation, they're in a phase of just meditation, of contemplation. And to say that they might not be, you know, devoted, that, I, I don't know if that, that applies. So I just feel like anyone that's, that's willing to do the work. I think that's where the the, the transformation is. That's yeah. where the fire is, for sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, there will be days for me where, like maybe two to three days sometimes, where I don't go and practice. However, I teach. I'll sit, for sure. And I've been saying, you know, in my own classes, as it dawned upon me, for the hours of experience that you, me, and we have on our mat, can we take those hours and translate that into our life practice? So then, you know, I believe at some point, I hope that this practice evolves beyond just asana for all of us. Where, Well, it does. It does for you. I mean, just by you doing a podcast, doing this, this project that you're in the midst of is, is an offering. Hmm. And it's, the intentions are... Or pure around it. It's 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 something that is contributing. Hmm. But I don't see a yoga mat right here, right? <laughs> no. But are we practicing? I think so. I believe so. Yeah. Totally. Hmm. That's beautiful. I mean, he, he, you know, even if someone is listening to this, I feel like they're practicing. You know, if, if you're out there listening to this podcast right now. 
I feel like you're in your practice. I think that's such a great reminder, you know, in light of, let's uh, transition to injury, for instance. Of course. God. Yeah, you and I both, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you experience ego. injury, yeah, <laughs> when you experience injury, most commonly through, you know, either a misalignment or ego and not listening to bodies, how do we practice? <laughs> With injuries? Yeah. Well... Yeah, I mean, what kind of injury are we talking about? Are we talking uh, physical injury or, or mental injury? Ooh. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's what, like, depending on, we can always balance things out, right? Mm. So having a physical injury might be the point in one's practice or existence when it's a, it's a telltale sign to focus on Spirit, focus on pranayama, focus on relations. Maybe there's a imbalance of too much asana, even though a lot of people we know could be like, never, never too much asana, but, <laughs> but it's like everything in life, there needs to be a balance. And when there's signs in your life, such as a physical injury, that, that could tell you hey listen hmm. you know my, my partner is working on an amazing offering to our community in the practice of yin and uh, you know she was saying it's beautiful how, yeah. yeah in yin how some people say and I wonder what you feel about this how yin is a secondary practice it's a nice add-on to the the asana however in a community, rather, excuse me, in a society, in our Western world, yin should more so be a, like, primary focus to slow down, yeah. to, to, it's okay to find stillness. It really is okay. Yeah. You know, how do you feel about the offerings of yin in your own practice? How does yin show up in your life? Yin is wonderful. I mean, I, I love, the yin practice is, it's, it's amazing. It's really what we for a lot of the heavy asana practitioners, it, it's what they need. And once again, it's the balance, right? Uh, mm. When someone goes is so far uh, to one side, to one extreme, it's the yin and the yang, mm. right? So how do you find that, that union, that center line? Um, now that's easier said than done for a lot of people. So what does that relate to? I think it comes back to your own individual ego. Why are, what are your intentions behind the practice? Why do you practice? What's long-term for, for being in this body? Because we're not in it for that long. No, we're not. <laughs> you know? And I love like our, like our teacher, our mutual teacher, Richard, you know, he always talks about that, how the, the practice is the practice of getting used to the impermanence of it all. Mm -hmm. Being okay with it. Yeah. Right? And he'd always, he'd always make a funny joke, and uh, I just finished his training, and the last week we had a traditional Mysore practice, you yeah. know, for those who don't know, a self-guided practice. And in the last, like, ten minutes, he'd be like, and in ten minutes, all of time will end. 
<laughs> you will enter the final pose and you will dissolve. <laughs> exactly. And it's it. <laughs> All he's doing, he's just getting us ready. Yeah. And it's great. It's, it's, he's providing a great service, right? <laughs> he's helping us along the way. Because um, when that time does come, we might, we might be like, oh, right, right. That's what Richard's been telling us the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And Richard's been at Hanuman the last... Five, four or five years. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, he really, uh, you know, I appreciate it because he appreciates the festival. You know, he understands the heart that goes into the event. You know, and... I think that's one thing that I've heard over and over again by a lot of the a lot of the teachers and obviously the attendees, but there's a palpable feeling of heart when you come into the event and that's it's a really comforting thing. For our listeners, the Hanuman Festival takes place in June. Yeah, it's always the second weekend in June in Boulder. June ninth through twelfth is when it's happening in two thousand sixteen. Yes. Um so it's just there's so much that we believe in for the practice of yoga and it just all comes together for a Hanuman festival that's great man yeah thank you so much so in uh, kind of transitioning to close what would be the biggest nugget of wisdom that you could offer to our listeners within um Staying tethered to practice, staying authentic to seva, staying true to Hanuman, staying true to self. Well, I think that that last part is true to self, right? I mean, of remembrance of who you are. And I think the, that's something that I, I've experienced, I've learned over the years, is that you know, being in, in our digital age, things are moving so fast, everyone's online, feeling they're connected. You might not really be connected, but you feel like you are. Um, you can be any, you know, anything in this life. That's great. But what are the masks, all that? There's so much involved, you know, there's masks that get put up, but, but really, what what I've learned is just to just to remember that we are human and we're having this experience, right? We're having a great human experience. For some, they take it better than others. Um, but to always understand that we're here and to be okay with being as pure and kind to each other and to move past all our traumas and to try and move past our ego and to know that we are all connected and we can make this life pretty amazing if we can just move past our stuff. Mm. I mean, a lot of teachers say this, like, just get out of, get out of your own way. Because mm-hmm. once you do, I mean, it's, it's expansive. 
out there. Mm, I had a few instructors pop into my head that think get yeah, out of your own way. Totally. Yeah, just get out of your own way. And I, the, the reason why I can say that is because I have. I've been in my own way. And it's just taken a lot of time to to really work through that. And I, you know, I have a lot of people to thank over the years to help me be more aware. And but it does. It takes effort. It takes personal effort to to change and to always realize that you're you'll be changing. You you've never arrived, and it's always the process. Mm. I've always been right here. Yeah. Totally. I love it. Well, I'm excited to see you next June. Yeah. Hanuman Festival. Yeah. It'll be amazing. And thank you so much for, for sharing your your entrepreneurial yogi wisdom with yeah. us all. Yeah, thank you for for you and for anyone who's listening to this. It's you know, I'm honored that I can share whatever I can. So for more inspiration from Yoshi, Hanuman Festival, and Hanuman Adventures, check out HanumanFestival.com or come and visit Boulder, Colorado in June to attend this powerful yoga gathering and tap into worldwide instructors to feel our universal oneness. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and, and give us a loving five stars. We really, truly appreciate it. Check out our SoundCloud and YouTube and Instagram for more behind-the-scenes footage. Thank you for tuning in and revealing your yoga to the world. May you stay blessed, stay in your heart, love life, and shine on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.